0: Hey, welcome back. So today I want to take some time to talk about the past few weeks in sort of the broader financial system, uh, the markets, uh, in- including precious metals, including the stock market, the bond market. Um, and I want to sort of come up with a bit of a, a concise synthesis of, of what's been happening these last few weeks. Obviously, I don't claim to be a, a complete expert on on any of these topics. Um, I, I certainly know a fair bit about precious metals. I've talked and watched the bond market, the stock market, um, currency inflation for a long time now. Um, and, and certainly what we've seen in the past few weeks is in line with what I've been saying sort of long term. We'll get to that, though, exactly what I have been talking about for for quite some time now, going back probably a, a year or two or more. Um in regards to to all this, but, but I'll start off with a bit of a recap. Okay. So last week, last week was a rough week for the stock market, um, around February 24th, 23rd, 25th. Uh, so, you know, uh, um, you know, middle of last week, uh, the Dow Jones in particular, the same as, you know, roughly true for the S and P and whatnot, um, topped out, um, basically at its, you know, basically its new all-time high of around 32,000. Okay. Uh, we, we can bring up the S&P 500 here as well. Um, around that same time period, topping out just shy of, um, 39.30 on kind of a daily trade, uh, before it coming down quite a bit to end of the week not, not like a major correction, like the sky is falling. Although there were many that, that saw it as that because there were some names such as Tesla, which did very poorly last week, um, the NASDAQ and whatnot. Uh, but as a whole, it was quite a bit of a move down and sort of the consensus on why this happened is actually found in the bond market. Rates have been rising specifically the U S uh, treasury market rates have been rising. Um, Uh, going back into, uh, 2021, uh, rates bottomed out roughly, um, towards the end of summer. In the case of the U.S. 10 year, around a half a percent. Um, since then, they've been steadily rising. Uh, as I'm, as I'm recording this on Monday, uh, just before noon here in, in the central time zone, uh, the U.S. 10 year sits at 1.453%. So almost a full 1% 1% move up in terms of rates. Uh, in terms of bond prices, that means the price has moved down considerably. Remember, price and and rates move inversely for bonds. And as you get closer and closer to zero, or you know, in the case of many sovereign bonds uh worldwide, uh into negative territory in terms of rates, the price almost moves up in an exponential manner. Um so this has been a significant move up in rates, move down for bond prices and higher rates. Higher rates are a problem. Now, some will say that higher rates in the treasury market, um, or, or broadly, even if we talk about the corporate market, other markets, other debt markets, that that signifies uh, a, a rotation out of stocks into bonds because of the yield. Basically, that the yield is more attractive relative to whatever dividend yield you're going to get off of the S and P, um, or even just a yield—not a true yield, but but a you know an average appreciation of the price. And I think there's maybe some truth to that. I think in you know the cases, I think for a lot of bonds these days, they're seen as a a, a good form of liquidity. Um, I think a lot of bonds, especially the ones that are close to zero. Um, in terms of real rates, you know, when you look at it relative to inflation or, or negative yielding, uh, real rates or nominal yields, whatever. Um, I think a lot of times people buy those though, because they expect the price to go up, not because they're looking for the yield. Remember the U.S., you know, 10 year yield of 1.45%, I think is still extraordinarily low, especially relative to inflation. So personally, and I can't speak for everyone, but I don't see the average investor looking at this as as a juicy return. You know, maybe if you're looking at other, you know, corporate debt, junk bonds, whatnot, which maybe offer or generally do offer a higher return. Maybe you could see that as you know making a better case for that. But more so, I see this as maybe rotation as a, out of stocks into bonds on the basis of bonds are down, but hopefully the prices can go back up, and I'm going to make money off of that, not make money off of the yield. I think that is more so the case versus the yield seeking. I can't, you know, again, I'm not an expert on any of this necessarily. Um, I can't speak to, to what every investor is doing, but, but one, less than 1.5% yield just does not look attractive to me when you look at inflation. I think that's the case for a lot of investors. Now, if you're talking about yields going back down to half a percent or 1% or whatever, that might make more sense to buy now because the price is obviously going to appreciate. So I don't think, necessarily think that that's the main reason. This this sort of yield swapping—you're looking at the dividend yield versus the ten-year. Personally, now I think that maybe this is the case for some, but but again, moving on from that though, I think that there's another reason for this. I, I think that higher yields, and and again, this isn't groundbreaking stuff. Many other people have talked about this. Higher yields are a negative. Higher yields are a negative for the economy and for the stock market. This is going back to something I've been saying for a long time now that today's economy, and especially today's stock market, is something that yield that 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 thrives on a a sort of debt growth, li, you know, credit growth and liquidity growth type of of system. As long as those things are growing, you know, credit slash debt and uh, liquidity, then the stock market's going to be doing all right. Higher rates sap liquidity. Overall, um, lo- you know, lower rates tend to lend themselves to liquidity, I think, for the stock market. Um, you know, I think we can find a good co- correlation there that when yields go up, you know, liquidity overall tends to dry up because of, of some of the problems it creates, partly because of the problems it creates in the debt market. You know, higher yields mean higher rates on debt, which means, you know, lower growth of debt or, or increased risk of default, etc. It's a problem, right, for for debt. And if it's a problem for debt, if it's a problem for liquidity, then it's a problem for the stock market, which in turn could be viewed as a problem for the economy. Even though the stock market is in no way, I think, representative of the economy, a lower stock market is going to have a negative impact on the economy and vice versa. So what I'm saying here is that, yes... Maybe these yields going up, which caused stocks to go down, and by the, by the way, that's reversed today. Yields are are somewhat down today, but but the stock market is much, much higher. That yes, maybe some of it is this, you know, seeking yield out of you know treasury bonds versus the stock market. Certainly some of it is rotation out of stocks into bonds because they see them as you know basically buying the dip. But I do think that rising yields, i.e. rising rates, do present a problem for the economy and for the stock market because they have not thrived but but required low rates they can't survive in a moderate or high rate environment and and I mean that should go you know to show you just how crazy of a world we live in that you know 1.5% which is roughly where the 10 year you know topped last week is considered a high yield or high rate environment it's how the whole goalposts of this have sort of shifted over time. But like I said, the stock market is up this week and the bond market, we'll see. We'll see if yields continue to rise. However, to to synthesize this, to bring this into kind of something I've been talking about for a long time now, if you want to get an idea of what I believe is going to happen here, yields won't be allowed to rise, at least over the short to medium term. Long term, who knows if the bond market, you know, truly somehow breaks free of, of federal reserve control. But over the short to medium term, um, the Fed is going to do their very best to keep control of yields and, and the yield curve. I'm talking yield curve control because if they don't, all those things that I was just talking about come crashing down. The debt-based economy, the liquidity and debt-based market, those things come crashing down because they can't survive under a high rate environment. Again, high rate being, Actually, not very high of rates, just, there's so much debt, right? There's so much debt in the economy, in, in the corporate system, the, the private, you know, um, um, personal debt, and obviously government debt, that they just cannot, you know, the economy won't be able to survive. And you get significant rates of, of default, and, and it's obviously problematic. One of my longtime theses, if you want to call it that, or ideas on, on, you know, the broader markets is that, the Federal Reserve and the U.S. government, long term, uh, will be willing to sacrifice quite a bit to maintain the appearance of prosperity. One of the most important things to to maintain that appearance of prosperity is going to be the stock market, uh, keeping rates low, and and keeping and in turn also, by the way, keeping the dollar suppressed. Those two oftentimes go hand in hand. Those things are vital to the Federal Reserve, I think, accomplishing that goal in their view. If we want to keep markets up, if we want to keep credit growing, which is important for the markets, but also the economy, you know, if, if it's a, if it's a credit driven economy, you need to keep growing debt or the whole thing crashes, then we need to keep the dollar suppressed. We need to keep yields suppressed. Essentially, this has been a long time thing that I've been talking about that, that the Federal Reserve, the U.S. government will sacrifice the dollar more or less And in turn, the bond market to try and preserve the economy and preserve the stock market, preserve the appearance of prosperity, preserve the wealth effect that occurs because of the stock market. Now, will they be successful in this? No. My, you know, the other part to this story has been that for a long time I've said that that's not going to be successful. That ultimately what they're going to get is they're going to have a dollar and a bond market, um, Specifically the dollar that really falls underneath. And, and when you have the dollar falling significantly and you're still trying to suppress yields, what you get is, is a, a strong surge of inflation. I think a strong move towards inflation and in turn a strong move towards things like precious metals and other assets that are seen as being a good hedge against, against this inflation, which brings us to precious metals, which brings us to to their relation to the Fed and the U.S. government's attempt to, to kick the can down the road, right? Let's, let's delay this for now because that's what's most expedient. Um, precious metals demand has, has surged in, in past month or two, in the past month or two. Um, in particular, uh, the, the, the physical silver market has really I don't want to use the term dried up because there is physical to be had out there, but premiums have increased significantly. Uh, the, the amount of money that has moved into PSLV, you know, not SLV, but PSLV, the brought physical silver trust has really been astounding, north of 20 million ounces just in the past, you know, few weeks. And it would appear, you know, that this trend is, is continuing, that the amount of, of money, uh, moving into the, the PSLV, which means You know, they have to buy more physical ounces is continuing. And, and I think that this is, you know, for the time being, more of this physical squeeze, this, the silver squeeze movement that is really driving this. But long term, I think that, that if we look at what's going on in, you know, the bond market, even today, the stock market, even today, in the last few months, that as the Fed sees an, you know, continued need to prop up the bond market in terms of prices, and suppress the dollar you're going to see uh, you know long term this this disconnect where they're going to they're going to overdo things in terms of trying to suppress the dollar they're going to have to keep yields under control or else the whole thing falls apart and so you have a falling dollar a surge of inflation and in turn a big move into assets like precious metals i'm not saying that's the only one um to to, to prove my point here you know to prove the point of, of the dire situation that the Fed and the US government find themselves in though they may not realize it. you know the Fed balance sheet continues to increase uh, currently just shy of this is as of last week just shy of 7.6 trillion dollars. Put that in perspective a year ago uh, it was closer to 4.1 4.2 trillion dollars. That's a you know 3.5 trillion dollar increase in a year's time. The U.S. debt, uh, in 2016, when, when Donald Trump took office, any guesses on, on where it stood? 2016, it stood just shy of 20 trillion. 19.362 trillion, roughly speaking. Uh, currently, as of today, the U.S. debt, according to the USDebtClock.org, sits just shy of 28 trillion. Right? That is a little over $8 trillion worth of debt put on in a, you know, four and a half year time span. Roughly four year time span. Um, I don't know exactly what date they used for 2016. At current pace, though, the budget showdown that the U.S. De- debt clock talks about, um, the CBO Congressional Budget Office projects that at that point it will be north of $31.8 trillion. The Office of Management and Budget projects it will be north of 28 trillion. It already is almost at 28 trillion, so it undoubtedly is just a poor number. Um, at current rates, though, U.S. debt clock, clock estimates that the U.S. debt will be knocking on the door of, of $50 trillion. Now, I don't think that, that it will actually be that high, but north of 40 trillion by 2025 is a real possibility. You have to understand that, that higher and higher amounts of debt Right. You're, you're essentially adding supply to the debt markets, which drives down the price in theory. And you need, which drives up yields and you need to have some sort of demand in there to soak that up. I'm talking in the case of, of the U.S. Treasury bond market, although also things like housing debt and, and corporate debt, you need somebody to soak up that demand. And, and that someone is, is the Federal Reserve. Their, their balance sheet continues to grow. But at current rates, it's not going to be adequate. It's not going to be adequate to prevent a significant rise in rates across the board. They're going to need to step up their buying efforts. And by suppressing yields, despite inflation rising, that's only going to cause inflation to go up further. It's going to cause the dollar to drop further, which brings me back to precious metals. Huge bullish factor for precious metals. Something to stay tuned for in the rest of 2021, heading into 2020. Uh this is this is interesting stuff and this is um this is something that you know how many times have have people said it's not gonna end well? Uh you can kick the can down the road as long as you, you you know is able, but but ultimately, you know, this catches up to you. Right, Going back to, it's it's almost a cliche, sometimes in the, the Austrian economics, or, or here on this channel, but this idea of there's no such thing as a free lunch, or there ain't no such thing as a free lunch, you can't have something for nothing. And in this case, the Federal Reserve and the U.S. government, this isn't a U.S.-centric problem, this is a problem in Europe, Japan, China, elsewhere, but you can't have economic prosperity, or economic growth- on the back of debt and money printing and and all of that without ultimately having the detrimental effects of said debt and money printing and inflation, et cetera. As always, I'd like to thank every one of you from the bottom of my heart for tuning into today's podcast and God bless.